Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we are on episode 265. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Like, I, I pulled a, pulled some videos the other day, and I was looking at it, and it was like episode 241, some clips I was looking through. And like, I was like, man, a lot has happened in that amount of time. Like, we're 265. Yes. It doesn't seem like a lot of time, but it's like, that's a lot of time. Like, we've been doing this for a while. And uh, this is our favorite type of episode, because we are doing an update episode. Well, it's interesting. You say a lot has happened. Imagine what's going to happen in the next two months. I think Q4 is going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good nice. and bad. It could, it could, I don't think there's going to be like a mellow Q4 where it's like, ah, uh, things were okay. Yeah, for sure. You know, either we're going to have major shortage and we don't have enough inventory or, you know, we're going to have enough inventory and there's not going to be any inventory on the shelves and resellers are going to make a killing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it is the update episode. Uh, a lot going on. I, I'll start first so we can end on a good note with you. Because uh, uh, so, you know, I, I struggle saying this because, again, I'm a big fan of eBay and I love eBay and eBay is great and I have an eBay tattoo and all that good stuff. But you think he's lying. It's just like, you know, right up, right, right on the lower back. It says eBay. Yeah, you, you got to catch our uh, our uh, resale rep. Do I talk? No, I don't talk about an eBay tattoo, though. <laughs> I talk about some tattoo on my chest. So anyways, if you don't know what we're talking about and you're new to to uh, oh, our yeah, YouTube. You, you got eBay tatted on your chest. Yeah, yeah. Did I say that? I think so. I think that's what I said. So check out the, is it, is it called the reseller rep? Yeah, I mean, that, it's that time, man. We should start blasting it on our social medias and get people going back to it. Because it you is know Q4. what? Great call. It's, I thought it was a great video. I mean, you have no idea the work Mike and I had to put into making that happen. Yeah. I mean, it was work. No, We're talking about eight to 10 hours probably, right? Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like that's a high quality music video. You know, like if we could put that out in eight to 10 hours, that's not too bad. And tomorrow. Okay. And so and it's going to be Thursday. So we do like a throwback Thursday, like check out one of our, one of our hits. Yeah. So maybe we could get it on iTunes. Anyways. um, All right. Hey, back to our update. So, so all that being said with eBay, I don't find that eBay is as consistent as Amazon. And what I mean is, so eBay, you can go in and you can check sold comps and you can check sell through, you know, how many you have listed and how many have sold. And, you know, you can go to Terapeak and you can do all this research. But I don't think any of that beats the bestseller rank on Amazon. Because the bestseller rank is a guarantee that this item will sell, right? As long as, you know, you have the best price. As long as Amazon doesn't hop on the listing uh, and, you know, even if there's a bunch of resellers, as long as you get that buy box for a moment, your item will sell. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's probably more consistent. But like you said, though, it's a guarantee unless it's not a guarantee. Right. Like there's a no, lot agree, of stipulations. Agreed. Agreed. But it, it's it's true because a lot of times I've tried to use the eBay or the Amazon seller app to determine like, OK, what's the uh, what is this rank? Does it have a good ranking? And then try and flip it on eBay and it doesn't have the same velocity on eBay. Mm -hmm. So the thing is those metrics are going to tell you what, how it's doing on Amazon, whereas it's not going to tell you on eBay. It's a little bit harder to find those kinds of metrics, you know, using Terapeak and stuff. But I mean, you could still get, you know, an idea of, is this a hot toy or is this a hot item? It could probably still do well on eBay, but you don't have the, the ease of access of what's this metrics going to be like. Now, the reason I say that is because I am not here to whine about eBay. What I'm, I'm here to talk about is, adapting 
right? So I'm at this point right now. I had a major haul. I had Hot Wheels. I had Disney. I've had other bunch of garage sale hauls. And I'm listing consistently. And I also have a helper that is listing consistently. But the sales have not been coming in in comparison to last year. Now, you also got to remember last year, we're in the middle of you know this thing that happened. And so as a result of that, sales were up across all platforms. I think this year... I think the sales will pick up once we get into like mid-November across all platforms, but it's not going to be like it was last year where we were looking at Christmas numbers from, I don't know, let's say April, May, all the way through like January, February. I mean, on every platform. And so for me, I've had to adapt because like I said, you know, I'm, I'm the only breadwinner in my family. I'm the only adult in my family, just me and my two boys. And so I can keep doing the eBay, but... I need to have consistent cash flow coming in. And so right now I've switched up to Amazon. I thought I'd be, you know, going to garage sales a little bit more. I actually, I talked about the last update that I was looking forward to going to a couple more garage sales. I don't think I'm doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be done for garage sales right now until probably the end of December. Uh, just because, you know, with Amazon, I'm picking up items right now. And like the other night, you know, I went grocery shopping and I, I was in a big box store and there was this hot item and, I was like, you know, I just might as well check and see if it's there. Sure enough, there was two of them there. Put them in my cart. I listed them before my cart. On the way driving home, they both sold. And, you know, automatically I had $150 profit. Right. And and it didn't take much. I didn't have to create a new listing. I knew what was going to sell. And I got my money right away. Right. And so, you know, as a reseller, we have to adapt. Now, if you're not doing Amazon, you know, that might mean cross-posting. That might mean you know, putting more on Poshmark, putting more on Depop, putting more on Grill and all these others. So you have more eyes on your item. Okay. So there's very ways to, various ways to adopt, but sometimes you have to make those choices. And if you remember from the podcast, when we started like the early days, like episode one through 15, I was a big Amazon guy, mm -hmm. right? That's what allowed me to go full-time. eBay was like the steps that took me to understanding reselling and being a better reseller. But at that point in time, it was like 70-30, my income was coming from Amazon. And then over time, I flipped it that it was 70-30 eBay, but then in Q4, I'm very Amazon heavy. And so, yeah, my eBay sales have been, whew, just been rough. I made more money in August than I did in October. And I'm not sure why. If, you, if things are going like that for you, let us know in the comments. Or if you're like, hey, this is the best month ever, let us know in the comments. We always love to hear uh, what people are doing. So there's that. And then, you know, I'm listing everything from the halls and I'm having so much fun, Mike. Like, really? Fun yeah. listing? Yeah, because... Are you okay? I, are you sick? No, no, no. It's, you hate listing. I like, I, like Netflix, I like to do Netflix and list. Like that, I, I just love it. Like, even though That's I'm not... next shirt. Netflix and list. It is. It's true. I get a lot of work done. So, but what I love about it is, you know, I'm learning so much about Hot Wheels. I'm learning so much about Disney stuff, what sells, what's good, what's collectible, what's not. And I, you know, believe it or not, I don't talk about it a lot, but I am a car guy to a certain point. I can't fix a car, but I love cars. I mean, I was into car scenes back in the day. I just can never fix my car. I just pay people to do it. But, um, you know, going through all these Hot Wheels has been pretty amazing. So again, I always push this. If you get a bulk buy, and it's something you, you're you not familiar with, take the time, like learn it. Because from now on, guaranteed, if I'm somewhere and there's some Hot Wheel items that are money or Disney that are money, I'm going to swoop them up. Like before, I would have just passed them by. So yeah, that's that's been my life so far. How about you? Yeah. So um, I kind of was hoping to do some garage sales the last couple of weeks. And and this last weekend, uh, it was a little bit rough. My uh, my 
pretty much my whole family kind of came down with a cold. And so my wife does so much with the kids. I mean, I work full time. I have, um, you know, the podcast that I do. I've got, you know, responsibilities at church, late nights at work, all these things. And so it's really tough when she takes on so much of those responsibilities. So when the kids are all sick and they have a little bit of a cold and nobody's sleeping well, um, I, I kind of feel bad leaving four in the morning on like the one day that I can help her. So, you know, staying home and helping uh, definitely cuts into reselling a little bit, but you know, I get that family time that's worth it and it's valuable and it's necessary to help my family. Um, and that's why I resell in the first place. Like I, I honestly, the money part, like I don't care about money as much as I care about one, what money can let me do, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. money allows me to do things with my family. It allows my wife to stay home, like all of those things. So it, it's not the money I'm after. It's what the money can allow me to do. So I'm not going to give up those things. Like I want to be able to provide comfort for my family in order to go get money, you know? So, uh, but I've, I've still been able to list. I've still been able to go up and get pictures, um, and do those things and do a little bit of sourcing on offer up. So, um, it hasn't been too bad for that. Um, and then the other cool thing we, we just recently started, uh, is those YouTube shorts, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, we both have been, you know, posting up some YouTube shorts. So if you haven't checked those out yet and it's a little weird. So if you, if you click on them and you, you don't click on it through the shorts, you're not on like using YouTube shorts. If you just click on it on our page. It kind of comes up a little funny, but like if, if if you don't know, if you're not using YouTube shorts, it's basically TikTok. Like that's kind of what I feel like YouTube yeah. shorts is. Or Instagram reels. Reels. Yeah. It's yeah. like they all have it now. And so um, we've been trying to do some uh, YouTube shorts, but it's just been kind of fun to like find some different ways of like giving out some information. Like here's a bolo. Here's something I found. Here's a cool way to clean this. So uh, that's kind of, you know, I think you were the one that used the, the term and I, I think it's right. It's like reinvigorated. Like it's kind of like exciting like, oh, yeah. again to like. Oh, let's let's do this because sometimes you feel like do people even care about? I burned out on TikTok, man. I yeah. was done. I yeah, was so done. it's kind of nice to be able to do some stuff and see that, like you know. So if you haven't subscribed to us, uh, if you're just listening on the podcast and you haven't subscribed on YouTube, because maybe you're like, well, I already listened to the podcast. Well, we have our Monday minis, we have Saturday videos that we put up to. We're also doing little YouTube shorts, right? So it's a cool way to get some extra content from Pure Soul Podcast if uh, if you're looking into that. Um, one thing that I will say though is you mentioned eBay's been down. eBay's been really up for yeah, us, yeah. you know? So I, I believe it. So we've had some crazy sales. I mean, my wife texted me the other day and I was at work and we, we had a couple of sales in the morning when I was getting ready to go to work. And then I like look at my phone and she's like, holy cow, eBay. And I look and it's like, we had like eight or nine sales and they were all like items between like 80 to $200. And I'm like, mm. what in the world is happening, right? So, um, you know, part of that has just been listing a little bit more and getting some good sales. Uh, so that's been really nice. But I have been reminded that um as much as i like sourcing on offer up because i can get some good things i hate selling locally like the nice thing with selling locally is it's cash in hand i thought i was the only one because whenever i say stuff like that people are like no nope. people people agree with me but i always feel like i'm the only one no it's well and here's the thing like it's it's very the nice thing is it's cash in hand you're not waiting for anything you don't you're not paying fees right you're like i'm selling this for 50 mm-hmm, bucks mm-hmm. I'm going to get 50 bucks, right? Like you don't have to worry about shipping fees. You don't have to worry about refunds. You know, like all of those things. Like it's really nice. But the hard part is, you know, I'm at work. And so I've got like, you know, set schedule and people are like, oh, can I come get this thing? And it's like, well, I'm at work right now. And, you know, I, I live pretty far away from, from where you are. So unless you want to drive out when I get off and they're like, no. And it's like, well, I can bring it and meet you after I get off work. And they're like, well, these two days don't work for me. How about this day? And I'm like, nope, that's the weekend. And you can come to me, right? Like, so you're just like this back and forth and trying to like meet up with somebody. And again, it can be worth it. So I typically only do local sales if it's a really big item or it's really, really profitable item. Like I will definitely meet up with somebody to sell some weights 
that I'm going to make, you know, a couple hundred bucks on or a hundred dollars on because I'm not shipping those. I don't want to ship them because I'm not going to make as much money and I'm going to have all those fees and all those things. And it's, it's a, it's a good enough profit. It's a big item. So those are kind of my, uh, my, my limits there, but it does kind of stink when you're, you're like trying to work. Now, if I, if I had a normal house that was in the city, probably be fine, but I'm in a fifth wheel out in the middle of nowhere. And so I, people don't meet us there. Like we have to find a time to meet them at like, you know, uh, Carl's Jr. or something, you know, or a bank. So uh, it's selling locally is definitely not as nice as sourcing locally. So those are that's just kind of how my week has been of like sick, sick kids um, dealing with trying to meet up with people, local sales, which is really annoying. And uh, YouTube shorts. Well, you got You got to think of the time that it takes to do the local deal. Like I rather, you know, let's say it's a big item. Right. And you're like, oh, I don't want to sell this locally. Like, remember, I had that little tykes football toys chest. Right. Right. So it's about the size. It's a little bit less than the table in front of us, uh, but it's just pretty, it's like as tall as a table and locally. Yeah, it would have been nice. Right. You know, 150 bucks cash in hand, you know, but driving out there, the gang, everything you had mentioned where all I had to do is get a big enough box, tape it, weigh it and drop it off at UPS way faster than it would have been trying to sell that locally. So I agree with you. I agree with you. Hey, before we move on, though, we also had something else happen this last week. Uh, we had our, what's our third annual, not our third annual, our, our third uh, buy me a coffee virtual meetup. Yeah, we had our, our little Zoom meet and that was really sweet. Like, I like doing those because uh, we've had some, consi- we have some new people to the Zoom meet that uh, haven't joined Always before. learning from everyone yeah. in the Zoom. And then we've had some people who've come to all three of them so far and, or is this our fourth one? It might be our fourth one. Uh, but either way, so we've done we've done three or four of them. And the cool thing is, yeah, like sometimes we start off and we're like, hey, here's some things we want to talk about. But then we just kind of like let the conversation go. And we end up, yeah, like learning so much from other people and hearing their stories and like getting inspiration. Sometimes it's just the motivation of like, wow, like that's so cool that that you're doing that. And so, um, again, if you haven't signed up for Buy Me a Coffee, um, you don't have to. Of course, like our content is always free. We don't charge for any of our content. Uh, but it is a cool way to for you to support us and say like, hey, Pierce Podcast, Mike and Orlando, thanks so much for you know what you're doing. You know we want to support you. You can support us by leaving a comment, by subscribing, by uh, giving us a, a review on iTunes, um, or financially and saying like, hey, we want to help make it worth your time for putting out these episodes. So you know we we typically ask for like five dollars a month for the uh, subscription on Buy Me a Coffee, and we don't provide any extra content for that other than, you know, once a month or so we, uh, we get a chance to meet with some of our listeners and we do a zoom. It's usually about a half hour or so. And it's just the talk. It's just, we're hanging out, we're chilling. It's not like secret content, but it's, uh, it's just a cool way to say thank you to those of you who uh, are supporting us. So again, thank you to all of you who do that. Uh, and if you can't do that, if you're like, Hey, like I'm trying to make ends meet, I- I've listened to your level up reviews. Like I'm I don't, I don't have any subscriptions. Cool. Totally get it leave us a review on iTunes or something like that. And that, that will mean the world to us also. Yeah. So again, buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. And you can sign up for that membership and it always helps us out. Uh, and we love what we do. So there you go. All right. So what are, what are some random stories on your end? Uh, so I kind of have an interesting one. I should have mentioned this a few weeks ago now, cause, uh, it was a while ago. So my wife messaged me cause she, she deals with most of the uh, eBay messages and stuff we, we get because she she kind of does like that that part of our business. And she messaged me and she goes, hey, you need to check out this message. It's uh, it's somebody from the podcast. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh. So I look at it and sure enough, like somebody found one of my items in the store and um, noticed a, a mistake in my listing. Right. So 
I had an old school like a VHS recorder, um, like handheld, you know, camera listed as instead of recorder, it was listed as reporter. So it must have been just like we were doing it on the phone and it auto-corrected yeah, to reporter yeah. instead of recorder. And, you know, this person was super nice. They were like, hey, like, you know, this might affect you. Also want to say thanks for the podcast. And so it was just really cool to like have be able to, you know, have that conversation with that person. They provided me some help, right? Like sometimes you get people, just buyers who are like, you listed this wrong. But it's cool to have somebody like actually just legitimately wanting to help you. Like, you know, there was yeah, no like yeah. ulterior motive other than just like, hey, uh, you know, by the way, you might want to change this listing. And then also to get that support of like, thanks for the podcast. So that, that was cool. No, that's awesome. I had somebody, somebody I had a buckle and I had, a, it wasn't a listener, but I had somebody uh, message me. I had a buckle that was uh, for North Dakota, but I had labeled as South Dakota. And you could probably make some people mad. If, no, uh, I didn't know that. So the person messaged me and they're like, hey, just a heads up, you know, th this is actually a North Dakota buckle. And you have South Dakota. I'm like, oh, so sorry. Uh, thanks for the heads up. I'll fix this. I fix it. And he's like, yeah, just to let you know, like, you know, some of us take this pretty serious. I'm from North Dakota and we don't like seeing that. And I'm yeah, like, some bad blood like, there, man. I didn't know that. Like, it's not like that out here in California. But then again, you know, we're kind of soft out here in California. It depends where you're from, though. Yeah, I was West gonna, Coast. I was going to say, like, if you use if you use the wrong uh, if you use the wrong zip code or the wrong area code, <laughs> people might be like the uh, wrong set. No, man. <laughs> This is we're six one nine out here. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like so, I was I was four one five, but yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, but this is the same thing, right? Like, there's a little bit of you know, like don't yeah, don't yeah. get us confused. Okay, all right, all right, okay, <laughs> all right. So, um, hey, a quick update on my lost package. Remember, I talked about last time how priority was going to take three to four weeks. It did. It took three weeks, and the item arrived. So, if you remember from the last update episode, the post office was like, yeah. Even though it's priority, we can't guarantee in three to four days, it might be three to four weeks. And it was three to four weeks. But I, here's my suggestion. As long as you can stall and make sure you're in constant, you know, contact with eBay, let them know what's going on. Usually they'll open a case and you're going to have to like either up upload your tracking or send a message to the buyer. Uh, I always say, you know, message them. Hey, I'm not sure what happened. I'll look into it and do look into it. Ask the post office. Usually the post office will tell you. You know, it's in transit and here it is. And then just message them back, say it'll take some time. Make sure eBay knows, because if they open the case, that case can close. And you don't want that because that will end up a, as a defect on your eBay metrics. And you do not want that. So I saw it out, but luckily it worked out. Now, I learned something new and I'm hoping it's legit. Hmm. And you're like, hmm, should I share on the podcast? But so I had an interesting scenario. I had two. I have had some bad buyers, man. I think one of the reasons I've had slow sales, I keep getting slammed with returns. Mm. And yeah, returns definitely slow down your, I feel like. And, but they're like, so I had, I had somebody that I sold two pairs of shoes to that are brand new. And, you know, they're, I thought they were, they're fine. They're brand new. I tested them. Everything was great. Shipped them out. Three weeks into wearing these shoes, I get this message Hey, the leather is peeling, the sole is separating. Uh, you know, what can we do to resolve this? I know whenever people tell me that they're looking for a partial refund, but I always say, ask for a return and then you'll refund them. So I, I message, I'm like, Hey, sorry, things didn't work out. You're welcome to return it, uh, for a refund. I didn't say full refund. I just said for a refund. So the person waits, right. And it's, it's like day 28 of almost a 30 days, you know, to return things. And then on the other pair of shoes, they send me the same message. And so it extends the, the return window on that 
on that pair of shoes. And so then eBay was eBay was asking me to send them a label because I ship both pairs of shoes in one medium flat rate, and I just use the tracking number twice, which I wouldn't do that. But eBay needs to fix the you know have you ever done the combined shipping? Like you can combine it if it's the same buyer, but it doesn't give you the option of a medium flat rate. It just charges you priority, which ends up being more. Mm. So, you know, I, I took care of that. I called eBay and eBay's like, well, just let us know. I don't know, you know, you could resolve this, but instead of providing them a label, because they asked for a second label because it was a second pair of shoes. And I guess eBay didn't pick up that I shipped them in the same box. Mm-hmm. So eBay just said, hey, uh, just ship, a, uh, just email us and then give me an email, email us the new uh, label and we'll cancel both labels. And that's going to be the label we sent to the buyer now. I started thinking about this, like this person wore these shoes for 28 days. And now like maybe they went hiking with these shoes. Maybe they did something crazy. So I'm like, I wonder if eBay would back me. Mm. And, and, and what I mean by back me is like as a top rated seller who, who offers 30 day returns, I can do a partial refund. And so I called the eBay. I'm like, Hey, listen, this person has been wearing these shoes for, you know, almost a month. Just now they want to return it. And these shoes are brand new. What happens if I do a partial refund? Will I get a negative feedback? Well, you know, what if the buyer is really angry at me? And what they said is due to the fact that you offer free returns, you are protected. I was like, what? Seriously? I mean, you know, we've known about that 30 day return is not free, gives you protections, you know, but I felt like, doing the free ups you in the protection. Mm. I don't know. I mean, this could have been one rep, but this was concierge. So they're pretty knowledgeable in, mm. in, you know, in the concierge world. And so again, I encourage you guys be top rated teller. And if it's items that, you know, you don't mind risking it, free returns definitely will go a long way. So I, I now felt more, more emboldened because I had another crazy buyer. So you ever get the message? Hey, I, is is your item authentic? Mm-hmm. Those are, those are like you know they're trouble, but whatever I rolled with it, right? So they sent me a decent offer. It was, it was a uh, it was a hoodie, and I shipped it out. And then I get a message, and they said they put their hands in the pockets, and their hands broke through the pockets. And this name, this was a quality name brand. The only reason I don't bring it up is because you know they're not a fan of resellers, so I'm not bringing it up. Okay. So I'm like, okay, it was fine when I shipped it out. Actually, it was a hoodie that I sold before that somebody returned and that person had no problems with it. You know, maybe they, uh, maybe they cut some holes in the pockets. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they did. Right. So then I'm like, huh, I'm going to apply. I'm going to use the knowledge that eBay gave me and I'm going to tell this person you can return it for a partial refund. And, and yeah. I knew the smoke was coming. So I said that and they're like, how, why? Like this, this is obviously not great quality. And I just messaged back and I said, listen, I shipped this out in the condition that everything was intact. Everything was fine. I don't know what happened, but I need to assess it. So if you can send it back to me, you know, we could talk about a refund once I get it back. You know what I got after that? Hmm. Crickets. The wall came up and the wall worked. So. Anyways, do what you will with that advice, but you know, 
it was nice because I really felt like I was getting slammed with just craziness like that. I had somebody, I sent a brand new item, brand new. And they're like, oh, this isn't charging. I'm like what? Now, do I believe it was a scammer that was returning their old item and bought a new item for me? No, I don't believe that. But, you know, you just got to be careful out there. So you never know. All right. So those are my random stories. Do you have more to share? No. Nope. Okay. Hey, before we move on, hopefully that helped you guys. Let us know in the comments. Do you ever have buyers that buy brand new stuff and you offer partial refund? What has been the result? Really interested. All right. Hey, I just want to talk about one of our awesome sponsors, AmericanBowlBoy.com. Actually, in our Zoom that we had with our Buy Me a Coffee members, one of them had mentioned that, you know, Amazon was having a shortage on bubble wrap. And that one of their friends had ordered bubble wrap and it's been three weeks and they didn't get it. But they went through AmericanBubbleBoy.com and they got it in about two to three days. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's fast. It's good quality. And uh, again, in that Zoom meeting, some other people are giving other tips of ways of getting bubble wrap. And, you know, if you've got ways of getting it, you know, you're willing to, to, to find some other sources. But the nice thing is, like everything, if you're willing to, uh, to and you're really not paying up because you're getting a good price. But if you want the comfort and the convenience of knowing you're going to get great bubble wrap at an incredible price sent to your door, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to ask anybody. You don't have to you know, have coworkers holding it for you, anything like that. And you're just going to get some good bubble wrap at a good price right to your door. Use American Bubble Boy. We haven't had, I mean, I think we've had a couple of people who've been like, I've heard some people have said like, I've heard that they weren't good, but I don't think we've had anybody who's bought from American and Bubble Boy. We buy all us. the time. Yeah. I mean, I... I'll always buy American Bubble yeah, Boy. Yeah. We haven't had anybody who's actually bought and said, I had a, you know, bought it and it was bad. So it's, it's great bubble wrap. We use it consistently. And with the holidays coming up and supply chains and shipping and all of that stuff getting harder, you might want to make sure you're stocked up on it ahead of time because uh, even though they'll get it to you, I mean, we've talked about we're shipping stuff out and sometimes the USPS or the post office or, or UPS is saying, you know, two weeks on something that should be only a couple of days. So you don't want to be stuck in that situation where you're buying last minute because uh, you're getting a bunch of sales and you're late. You're you're delayed because of shipping. You're delayed because of the post office. So order now. Get your bubble wraps that you're ready for Q4. So again, AmericanBubbleBoy.com and our promo code is PureSoPowder. <laughs> Let's make sure we're clear here. Yeah, you you, uh, you always laugh when you say our. Do I really? Yeah, it's Pure Hustle Podcast, all one word, lowercase. That's our promo code. Uh, I think there's also a link in the description that you can. Well, use. there's a there. I have a special promo code that uses my name, but that's only under special circumstances. Oh, well, so, then why are we even talking about it? Just because, because that's why I laugh because it's a funny one. But anyways, ah, does it really matter? Okay. Anyways, those of you that know know, it, and and it's not any more of a discount. If if you ever have an issue, I'm not like the customer service of American Bubble Boy, but I want to resolve things for you and I'll help you out. Yeah. Going back to our last episode, right? Like we don't we don't shill anything that we don't believe in right so if uh, if you got an issue we're gonna we're gonna stand behind the product right like we're gonna stand behind the products that we're we're advertising so uh yeah we'll, we'll definitely go to bat for you if you have a bad bad experience which you won't you're gonna have a good experience 100 percent. all right if you haven't yet make sure you're following us on social media we are pierce podcast on instagram facebook and tiktok where we are bringing back tiktok here slowly but surely uh i feel like tiktok's more and more like on the news is it just me? Well, I mean, is, the news is catching up to the younger, what the younger generation has been doing for months. You know what I mean? It's like for years, but it's like, it's like 
you can't look at that as like it's getting popular because it's like if you're a grandparent's like there's this thing called Facebook. But now, were people doing like, that with yeah. Vine like eight years ago? Were people like in on the news talking about Vines? Yeah, I mean, it's a little different, but Vines changed culture. It completely changed like that generation for sure. And the thing is the news just didn't, they weren't, they weren't hip to it, (laughs) which is an old term too. (laughs) All right. Hey, we're also a PSO cast on Twitter and Clubhouse. Uh, You can always give us a call if you want. Our number is 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. You know, even if it's just questions, we have a Q&A episode that we're planning here in a, about a month or so. And so if you want to, you know, just call us and leave us some questions that we can play on air and we can answer, we'd love to do that. You could also shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And if you've been listening to the podcast but haven't checked us out on YouTube, make sure to come on over, subscribe to our YouTube, smash that like button, hit that bell notification so you're new to no, notified when you're notified uh anytime we drop a youtube Slow short down. or any kind of video i know, I know, I know. it's all right i know i'm just it's a good episode all right and i do in reviews always appreciate them we always you know read them every once on air but we're at over 500 they help us out a lot we are the number one rated uh youtube reselling podcast on itunes and so does that make sense yeah, you said youtube but we're the number one reselling podcast on itunes there you go there you go so uh and those reviews definitely help us even if you just put a thumbs up uh the like or whatever the five stars whatever it is always helps us out it's like the most confusing i'm having ever. i am hey, having a rough time you, right now could you please thumbs up us on itunes that's well, not a thing kinda- uh no, or, you know, <laughs> swipe left. Like, nope, wrong app. Okay, five star review, please. <laughs> well, it's kind of it's it's like the other day I was trying to do make a YouTube short and a TikTok, and so on TikTok it's make sure to like and follow. Mm-hmm. On YouTube it's make sure to like and subscribe, and so that's been my issue. You got to figure out what platforms, you know. So, yeah. all right, hey, you know what? Let's move on to something better. Let's go to our bolos. Bolos, we got recent topics. Oh. Man, should we just edit? We should just edit this out. No, We're not no, it's it's in there. We it's get, in there we gotta keep it real. This is how organic Man, it this is. This is a rough episode. All right, All right. So, so we've got our news section coming up here. I, I haven't had dinner yet. Toys are getting lost. Prices are peaking for the holiday, and shipping is getting harder. There's changes in the reselling world, and we're going to be talking about them now. Orlando, take it away. All right. So, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because eBay stock is doing really well right now. It's like at 80. I think the whole stock. Here's the thing. Stock market is irrational. Like it shouldn't be where it's at. Like, I don't know if you've been catching Tesla. Tesla like over a thousand now. Um, but, you know, eBay is doing really well. And, you know, I wanted to share this because I wanted you guys to understand. And we've talked about this before. That eBay, in my opinion, is shifting how they do things. Uh, I I got I had a real strong sense under the former CEO that they were trying to be more like Amazon. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting a very strong sense that I'm trying to be careful what I say here. Not that you know, I mean, we love eBay. They know we love them, but I I don't I don't know if they're as focused as I would like them to be on allowing sellers to keep their profit margins. And, and this is why. So let me share with you the earnings report. So eBay, eBay did well. Okay. So, so eBay, uh, let me take over. Uh, this is from market watch. And so eBay exceeded expectations with its financial results Wednesday, 
but its shares fell 6.3% in after-hours trading after the company's forecast for the holiday period came up short. Okay, so let me talk about why that happened. So the company posted their third quarter income from continuing operations of 283 million or 43 cents a share down from 605 million, blah, blah, blah. We could read all that. But, but here, let's go. Revenue rose to 202.5 billion from 2.26 billion, while analysts were expecting 2.46 billion. So you're like, all right, that's good, right? That, you know, th that's promising. Okay. And so, Take a look at this next part. The company continues to make progress with this managed payments initiative as it looks to have greater control over the payments process on its platform. Thir during the th third quarter, eBay saw more than 90% of its global on-platform volume take place through its managed payments offering up from 71% in the second quarter. More than 18 million sellers have migrated over to managed payments. All right. So, so that's not bad, right? So you're like, okay, th things are good, right? And so... Then you try to take a look. Okay, where where is all the revenue from? Is it coming? Is it coming from sales? Where is it coming from? All right. So gross merchandise volume. Okay, that's me and you. That's every seller. It's how much we're selling. How much eBay is selling via its sellers. Gross merchandise volume. The total dollar value of sales on eBay from which the company takes a percentage fell ten percent. And from that, that's a, that is that is a lot. So they 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 grew by like 0.24 billion dollars, but their gross went down 10 percent. Now, we, I think, have looked at the negative side of this and said this is because they're charging sellers more. Right. The fees are higher. But the other thing that you're mentioning with the managed payments is they are potentially keeping more of the profit per sale, not just because they're increasing fees, which I think fees have increased a little bit. But I think part of it could be that their arrangement with PayPal, right? Like maybe eBay wasn't making as much money off the fees as they are now, right? So because they own the system, managed payments, it's them, they potentially, you know, just like if you go through a third party person, like if you use, if, if you use, you know, the old before Venmo and stuff, what was it like the square? Like oh, yeah, square yeah. took okay, a percentage, yeah. right? So if you had your own managed payment system, you could charge the same amount, but you'd be keeping that percentage instead of that percentage going to Square. So it makes sense potentially with managed payments that they're making a little bit more of the profit. Uh, however, we also know that a lot of those profits, I don't know what that percentage is, but is coming from well, increased sales let me or share, in, increased let, fees. Let me share some of that. So this is from Yahoo Finance, uh, but a strong showing by its payment services and the expansion of its advertising portfolio drove a 11% jump in revenue that was better than expectations. Okay, now we let's talk about directed uh, promoted listings. eBay's promoted listings offering. Now, this isn't even this. Remember, these are Q3 results, right? So we're not even talking about promoting listings advanced. We're just talking about standard, the, the way it used to be. We're not talking about pay-per-click. eBay's promoted listing offerings generate $207 million in revenue during the period, up 12% from a year earlier and up 9% when ex excluding currency impacts. Right. So their revenue, right? It keeps growing when it comes to promoted listings. I can only imagine that it's going to go way higher once we get pay per click. But it, but it is concerning to me because so we're paying more, right? I mean, I, I think it's, you know, especially if you're in the retail arbitrage space or selling new items, that to be competitive, I mean, and it happens on Amazon too, you need to do pay per click. But I do get the sense that for, Anytime eBay rolls something out, whether it be promoted listings, item specifics, whatever it is, because it's their sandbox, they want you doing those things and they will push you up higher in the search. 
So my concern is here is that, you know, eBay isn't making as much in sales. Now that could be because, you know, it's not the same thing as last year, right? Because it's a different time. But at the same time, the more the revenue is coming from managed payments, advertising, promoted listings, pay-per-click and all that stuff. Yeah. It reminds me of the school that Arlanda and I used to work at together where he was the VP and I was a teacher. Um, One of the things that would come up because it was a private school was there's really two ways to, to increase the budget, to get more money in the school. One way is to get more bodies in the door, right? If you get more students, you get a few more students per classroom, that's more tuition, you make more money. The other way is to keep the same number of students, but raise tuition across the board, right? Both things are going to bring in more money for the school. I think it's the same thing with eBay. eBay has two options for making money because they make money on the fees, right? Like they, that's how they make money. So they've got two options. Option one is to get more bodies in the door option, which is sell more things. So if they did however many billions of dollars in, in gross sales, do more than that, right? Like have more people buying on eBay and charge the same fee percentage. Option two is sell the same amount of things on your platform or fewer things, but charge more per thing. We obviously hope that they go with the first one, right? That they're that they're marketing in a way, they're doing things in a way where they're going to get more people. Now, I think we'd all be okay with them doing both if we saw that there was a 10% increase in buyers on eBay. So we were selling 10% more of our goods on a regular basis, but the fees went up a percent or two, right? It'd be like, oh, that's a little bit of a bummer. But the fact that there's so many more buyers on eBay that they're using that money. So like, I guess that's my concern. Are they going to use this money and get greedy and basically say, well, if we increase the fees again next year, we'll make even more as opposed to now, how do we spend this money that we've made to get more buyers on Mm -hmm. eBay, right? Because that's what we want. We need more buyers on eBay. So if we can find ways and I think it, it's going to come down to, can they market the younger generation? I think that it, they're prime for the picking. We talk about them thrifting right now. The thrift stores, the thrift stores didn't have to do any marketing. It's just culture has shifted that way. Now, if eBay can jump on that and market to the Gen Zers and the millennials and basically say, look at how good this is. Look at these things that you can get. Look at these retro items that you can get. You can be unique. You can uh, save the environment by not, you know, having new things made. If that, If they were like marketing that, like, maybe even like save the trees, right? Like buy used. If they were doing those types of things to get that younger generation onto eBay, we'd be in such a better place. I agree. I agree. I mean, it seems right now, I mean, they've done a great job with the sneaker, uh, you know, authenticity guarantee, and they've done some great sneaker commercial and so on. But I still think, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to be left, you know? And again, we're not marketing experts. We're just observing, you know, what we observe on, on the daily. And, you know, I, I'm paying a lot more to eBay than I was 10 years ago. And, and I know there's inflation, there's all that, but I'm saying, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't have to do any kind of promoted listings. Yeah. And uh, with inflation, we should, we'd expect to see that the gross volume of sales would be up that the correct, gross. Correct. So we would, we'd expect to see that. So it should be going up in, in line with the fees. Yeah. And again, I'm not one of those people that are on the on those forums that, you know, are like a hate eBay and it's the worst. No, I love eBay, but I, I, I'm really hoping that things begin to steer a little bit more. And, and you know, I, I've talked about before about, you know, just just basic things. Right. Like, for example, like if we're out of stock on an item, right, we the only option is one to get the buyer to cancel it. Uh, the other option is put something that was wrong with the address or put out of stock. If we put out of stock, we're automatically dinged with the defect. Right. But if a buyer chooses to cancel a sale, they've made way more accommodations over the last few years. Now they get, 
even though they keep promising automatic payments, they're still not doing that. Now, now their messages, and I shared this before on the podcast, it's like, hey, you have four days to pay for this. And then even if they don't pay, I get a message from eBay that I canceled the sale and I can relist it. And so there is no negative impact on the buyer, which is fine. Let you know, And maybe there is. There's like two strikes or whatever that is. But our, on our end, it'd be nice if you know, you're an experienced seller and you've been top rated and you've been doing this for a few years that you're given like, you know, a handful of, hey, I can put out a stock and it's not going to affect my metrics because I'm a good seller. Like just, you know, OK, so maybe maybe, you know, we need to keep charged more money by for selling on eBay. But maybe on the other end, you know, you could give us, you know, some incentives to continue selling on the platform and being a good seller. So there you have it. All right, I found this uh, this uh, new story that was kind of interesting. So I keep saying this, sell now because you don't know what's going to happen. Now, I know a lot of people on Instagram have told me we're holding. Like some people are saying they're holding, they're waiting for the empty shelves uh, in, the, in the November. And that may happen. But, I, you know, there's another part of me, you know, you have our, our current president talking about using the Coast Guard to help the port. Uh, and then there's this story here where... Uh, this, these two new stories came out on the same day. Hasbro toy maker said uh, that they're ready to go, that everything is in on time and you know, they're going to be fine. And then the next new story is Hasbro takes a $100 million hit as supply chain disruptions delay toys. Same day, the same day, but different story. But here's the thing. This is where resellers fill in the gap. But let's say that were to happen. Let's say right now there's a bunch of gaps. And people are panicking and they're going like, what am I going to do for Christmas? What if there's, you know, not enough toys I'm going to buy now. And then you hold. And then it's like first of December. And for whatever reason, there's the Christmas miracle and all the shelves are stocked. It's going to be rough. Now, I like that idea. Is Santa going to make it to all of the, the targets and Walmarts across the nation <laughs> on Christmas Eve and restock the shelf so that parents can go out and buy toys for their kids. Yeah. So, so it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> so it's you walk into a target and they got your toys. I, you know what? I, I just think, remember jingle all the way. The Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like this year is going to be jingle all the way yeah, with yeah. a lot of I toys. See I see People it. are going to be losing their minds. But you know, I, I just, I'd be, I just, be, I'd be careful. I, you know, we, we, we don't know. We don't know what's up ahead. I mean, we live in such uncertain times right now. You know, and, and and prices are going high. I mean, you're you know, the the money you're getting paid now for items might be worth more than what you're getting paid in two months, right? Because this inflation, even though we were told that it was transitory, it's not transitory. It, it's 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 gonna stay. Uh, I don't know for how long, uh, but uh, yeah. Anyways, before and, I get- and the re- I mean, yeah, without getting too far into that too. Typically, because again, a lot of the people who want to say like the, this, there's no inflation. What those oftentimes tend to be the same people who are like against like the multi-billionaires and the people who are like very wealthy. But the reality is the wealthiest, the elites in the country that tend to seem to be running a lot of things kind of behind the scenes, they want inflation. The wealthiest of the wealthy do well with inflation. They don't want deflation. Deflation would be terrible for them, even though for the average person, it'd be fine because your money becomes worth more they are able to leverage inflation in a way where they're, they're taking out loans. The loans become almost worthless in the future and they're buying real property. So whereas we're the, the typical person is buying things, they're buying things like real estate. They're buying things mm-hmm. that like inflation is only going to help them. Um, so, cause they're able to get more money 
at a at a price they could they can leverage it and then they're getting real estate that 10 years from now is going to be worth even more and their loans are almost nothing like so the wealthiest of the wealthy want inflation to an extent i mean not to the point where it ruins the country but that's why i don't see deflation probably happening yeah and and not to get into an econ lesson but uh you know inflation happens when there's too much of money supply or there isn't enough supply right and so it's 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 it, they both go hand in hand so if we have in inflation and we get a ton of product ton of inventory that comes in prices are going to drop right and then we're going to have inflation because the money is going to be moving faster and people are going to be buying so you just got to be careful you just got to be careful i and you know again i'm selling when i can because i don't know what you know is going to happen in the next few days here all right. Hey, by the way, be aware if you're doing free shipping, uh, USPS, now FedEx just announced they're doing their peak holiday shipping. Yeah, this is their special time of year where they, uh, they're they slower to ship and they charge you more for it. There you go. It's like a, <laughs> such a sweet deal. So if you're doing free shipping, just be careful. And if you're doing, you know, you charge your buyer shipping, uh, you should be okay, but make sure it's calculated because even myself, I do a lot of flat rate and I charge, I think I charge like $11.99 for flat rate, and which was fine when it was you know, like 13 something now it's like 1407 for a medium flat rate and it's costing me more. So be careful on that. All right. I thought this was a story I wanted to share. So, uh, one of our followers from, you know, from day one, uh, I think day one, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, she's also on our show. You know, I need to pull up what episode because she's a great reseller. Uh, and she's, she's doing a lot in the shoe game right now. Uh, I think when we talked to her, it was a lot about Amazon and private label and she's kind of switched up, uh, what she does. Uh, she's doing shoes. And so she had a story that I wanted to share. Sorry about that. Those listening on podcast. I'm trying to type into YouTube and be on the mic at the same time. And I am struggling. Uh, but so she has been selling, you know, a lot of shoes and some of these shoes are over a hundred dollars. And so, you know, that whenever shoes are over a hundred dollars, they don't go directly to the buyer. Instead, they go to eBay's, uh, authenticity, uh, guarantee section. Did I, I, I'm looking for the episode and I think I mistyped it in here, but it's all right. We'll find it later. So anyways, what ended up happening is, is that as, as you know, you send it to the person, usually, you know, they're expecting you to ship out things in pristine condition, including the box. So, uh, resellicious on Instagram, I had shared the story on her stories and I asked her permission to share this. So sometimes, you know, you get a, you get a huge lot of shoes and when you get, you know, a huge lot of shoes, you get some boxes that are dinged, right? Or maybe on a bulk buy, you get dinged because you have, you know, some shoes that are like, you know, the boxes are scrunched, you know, in the pallet or, or wherever you buy it. And so when that happens, right, you can still sell those shoes on eBay for over a hundred dollars with the box. But what happened to her is that the box had a couple of dents and a couple of wrinkles and so, you know, she shipped it out, thought everything was fine, did take a couple pictures, had mentioned, you know, in the description that the box had somewhere and the shoes never got to the buyer because it ended up getting rejected by eBay authenticity guarantee. And the reason it got rejected was they said the box had was worn and it had problems. And so she lost the sale. She wasn't able to communicate. You can't even communicate with the buyer after that point. And so it was done. So when she posted this on Instagram, a lot of people reached out to her and the consensus was if you sell shoes in a box that's worn and it's over a hundred dollars, 
what you need to do is put like sticky notes or put a note or put, you know, something in there that lets the eBay personnel know that the box is damaged and that you took pictures and you put that in the listing. And if you do that, then everything should work out because obviously the buyer already knew that because you took care of the, that in the listing. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I thought that was good info just because I've had it in the past where I've sent out stuff and, and the box was worn. I didn't really even think about it. Luckily, I think those were before the, <laughs> the eBay authenticity guarantee. So I was okay. Uh, but you know, the, the worst thing is, you know, you sell a pair of shoes and it's like $300 and the box is a little dinged and then it gets sent back to you and then you're kind of stuck with it and you could have had that, you know, $300 sale. So I don't want people uh, to miss out on that at all. So did you find that episode at all? I didn't. Yeah. Man, it's in, you know, what's an, you know, here's what's interesting is that I we, don't know if we actually had that person on. We did. What? No, we had her on. We had her on. It was one of the last few. We got to do interview. Let us know in the comments. Should we, should we do interviews again? So is this one where we couldn't get video and we just went podcast on it? I don't know. We, we, everything's up on YouTube that we did. So. All right. Anyways, if I remember during this podcast, I will interrupt the podcast. All right. There you go. So, all right. So that is our reseller topics. Yeah. And that means uh, we're going to be moving on to our next part. Before we do, uh, we are, we're huge fans of <laughs> Skull Shaver. Skull Shaver is a great product. Uh, we use it on our head. I had uh, today, I had a kid as I was uh, standing outside and opening the door for kids to walk in. I had a kid go, Mr. Clean. Nice. I was like, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. I don't know. He seems to be like a pretty cool guy, Mr. Clean. Uh, but, you know, I got the bald head going on. But that just goes to show that with a skull shaver, I can get my head to the point where people think I'm like Mr. Clean shiny head. So skull shaver is a great product. We use it. It's quick. It's fast. It's efficient. And the price, it's one of those things where um, I, I like to buy things in the price range of like the like middle of the road, like good quality, right? Like I feel like you can buy a cheap car, you can buy a middle of the road car or like I got a nice car where it's like you're paying up a little bit, but things are going to be better in there. Or you can buy like the $200,000 car that's not going to do any better than a $30,000 car, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can get products where you're spending thousands of dollars for things. I feel like the skull shaver is one of those items where you pay more, you can go to Walmart and buy like a, a, a shaver and you're going to pay 30 bucks for it. And you're going to be buying a new one in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and it's not going to work very good. And by the time you've bought your 10th one, you're like, I should have just gone with the nicer thing. And that's how I feel with skull shaver. Like sometimes it is worth it paying up a little bit to get a good product that is going to last. We've been using ours for a couple of years now, right? Like it's been a while that we've been using skull shaver. Oh, it's awesome. So definitely check out skull shaver. Promo code pure and you'll get a nice little discount. Let's them know that we sent you uh, and uh, and you won't regret it. You won't regret Wait, it. Before you go to the bolos, I found the episode. You know why I couldn't see it? It's because she's the only one that we don't have her face on the thumbnail. Mm. So, yeah, it is episode 219 Resellicious Interview. She's also on Instagram. So check her out. All right. Yeah. A lot has happened. 219. I know. But we have like a ton of episodes after that. Yeah. All right. It's time for... What's your bolo? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's the kind of we did a Monday mini, and I was like, man, we need somebody to help us make like a cool little like mm -hmm. Monday mini, like something, but like not not that because that just sounds like my old school bolo one, but like yes. something that's like super legit. So if you're good at making little stingers like that, you know, hit us up. All right, uh, so uh, Orlando, what's your bolo? All right, so. 
Mine is a really, uh, uh, you know, it's an interesting one. I just because I get a lot of people and we did a video about how to find, to, you know, toys rare for retail arbitrage. And this is going to be super vague and generic because, you know, and a lot of you that listen, you're like, Orlando, do not give us a retail arbitrage bolo because it'll kill the market. So I always want to help people out. So what I will say is this. Look for anything. <laughs> you tell me if this is terrible. If you're out there retail arbitraging for Q4, look for anything that is related to the hot item of last year. Right? So let's say they were fingerlings. Okay. Let's say that was a hot item. Look for like fingerlings part two or look for the fingerlings. If they were, you know, um, I don't know, let's say there were some form of, uh, you know, Fisher price, like little people think that was a hot item. Okay. See if there's a new release of that. Right. Or let's say, you know, some of the hot ones, you know, like Coco Melon. Does your son watch Coco Melon? He's watched a few of them. Uh, I like to put on Coco Melon for my students uh, before class <laughs> starts. They're, they're sixth graders and they laugh. They think it's funny that I, some of them cringe, but like it's the, uh, you know, it's the cringy thing to do, but Coco Melon. All right. So like last year, Coco Melon was fire. Like just the, the bedtime, sleepy pajama, whatever, Coco Melon. And, you know, this year it's on the shelves, but there might be something related to that. Now, I haven't found a bolo related to Coco Melon. So I don't, find, you know, I, I have no problem sharing this. I'm going to laugh if tomorrow I go and I find one that's related to it. But Coco Melon. But hopefully this helps you out when you're trying to do retail arbitrage. Because here's the thing you can look at a ton of toys, but I find that this method at least lets you, you know, find at least one or two that, you know, one might be super profitable or you'll make a little bit of money because people always love those kind of toys because since they were hot the year before, if you have a kid that's three years old, they're going to want that toy again when they're four or if they're eight, they're going to want it again when they're nine and so on. So if you're looking for something to retail arbitrage, try to find something that is like second generation or closely related to the item that was hot the year before. All right, there's my bolo. Yeah. Get it done. Coco-melon. You know what that buzzing sounds like? Huh. So there's a Star Trek episode, uh, and they go to this, the old one with Leonard Nimoy and Spock. They go to this old, uh, they go to this, like, planet that's super advanced, and they're watching this recording. And those of you who watch Star Trek, you know where I'm leaning. So it's in, it's in season three. I think it's, like, episode 21. I forgot the name of it. So it's whatever. And so there's that zzz, 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 that sound. Hmm. And what that sound was, was that the civilization was so advanced that they would take this potion and it'd make them move a lot faster. And so every everybody's like stuck in like slow-mo, but the civilization moves so fast that they sound like flies. Hmm. Interesting. It was <laughs> season three of Star Trek. Things get kind of wacky. Next generation or? No, no, no. Old, old, old school. Oh, yeah. I never watched those ones. So not, they're, my, they're get, not my thing. I'm watching with my 15-year-old son and it's like, those of you that know, know, but it, they're interesting. Let's put it that way. Like, I think a lot of what is on that show probably wouldn't pass today. So, all right, moving on. Yeah. So my bolo um, is, I don't know a lot about comic books. It's weird because I, I used to read comic books a little bit, but comic books, like as a reseller, is not something I'm, I'm like into because it's a it's a really hard market. I feel like if you either you, it's like shoes, either you know it or you don't. Like mm. you're you're in it or you're not. So I have a hard time with with comic books. Sometimes I pick up lots of comic books because I know I can make some money off of them. And, and I've done that recently. But one thing that is 
easier for me to make money on when it comes to like comic books is like volume compilations of comic books. So sometimes comic books like, you know, it might be like 12 comic books in like that season, as it were. And then they like release like the next season. That's kind of how it is. And it's like every you know month, a new one comes out. So it's like basically a year's worth. So like anywhere from like 10 to 15 comic books. And then after that's done, when they're done with those, so instead of buying them for like three to four dollars a piece, then at the end, a lot of times they'll like make like a book that has all of those in it. So mm-hmm. it's like one, they're, they're still kind of like comic book. I mean, they're a little bit, uh, it's not hardbound. They're usually softbound. They do have some hardbound ones, uh, but they're a little bit thicker, right? And it's got a lot more pages in it. I like picking those up because if you're at somewhere like a thrift store or even garage sales where sometimes at thrift stores, like they're wanting to charge 50 cents to a dollar per comic book. Mm-hmm. Whereas this volume set, they might still only charge a dollar for, mm-hmm. right? And originally these things go out for like 24, 30 bucks, $29. So you could still sell these for 15, 20 bucks. And depending on if it's like a really rare one, you might be able to sell for 30, 40, even more. But for me, a lot of times those are no brainers because you can scan the back to see what they're selling for on eBay. But a comic book, it's like, there's so much involved. What's the condition of yeah, it? I What's just want to touch them. Yeah. There's just so much. There's so much involved with comic books. But when you've got these compilation ones, it's more like, like a novel. It's kind of like it's, it's all put together in one thing. And it, yeah, you're not going to have the collector value of it of like, this is a rare one. It was a misprint or an alternate cover. All these, all of those things that you, you really have to be in the know in the comic book world. You can kind of just throw that out the window and be like, hey, if I could pick this up for a buck, it's a quick 15 to 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why I... Even though I don't do a lot of comic books, I will do the volume sets of comic books, you know, volume one, volume two, because uh, those they sell pretty quick. And uh, a lot of times people are looking to complete a collection, right? Like I mentioned um, Invincible, the show that was on Amazon Prime. Uh, and I I thought uh, Omni-Man was like just such an incredible character. And so I was looking at like, oh, like this came out like years and years ago. Like, what would it look like for me to buy those comic books? And because there's so many of them, they're so old, it's like to buy them individually, it's almost impossible. But you can buy them in volumes where it's like 10 to 15 of them at a time and you're paying 20, 30 bucks each. And it's like, well, that's, that's a more reasonable way of doing yeah. it. So people might be like, I really want to learn what happened in this you know, time frame of X-Men so they can buy a few volumes of the instead of trying to buy hundreds of comic books. So if it's not necessarily the collectors, but just people who want to you know, read the comic, you can definitely make money with those. Yeah, I agree. That's great because I, I never pick up comics for yeah. that reason. So, all right. What are you looking forward to, Mike? So uh, a couple of things. One, we're planning on doing a road trip in December. Uh, my wife and I are, are you know, we're going to visit some family. We're going to go to Texas again. In the past, we did a big road trip where we like pulled our trailer and we we're making it a sourcing trip. This time, I don't think we're going to do that. I think we are going to check out some thrift stores in some areas because I'm not saying we're planning on moving necessarily anytime soon, but we are like as California gets more and more expensive, there's a lot of things that we're we're not liking being here. And we see, you know, the other parts of the country, it would be a little bit easier for us to make it work, you know, with the amount of money that we make and maybe even with reselling. But having a good reselling area is going to be important to us. So while we're on this road trip, we're definitely going to be as we're checking out towns, kind of like if we were to move here, what are the thrift stores like here? Are there mm-hmm. a lot of thrift stores? How far are we away from? That's, good. That's a good way to scout too. Yeah. yeah. So kind of just kind of glancing and figuring it out, not necessarily a sourcing trip, but like a, if we were to end up in this town, is there one thrift store in a 50 mile radius? Okay. Maybe this isn't the town we, we, we should be looking at. Yeah. Whereas, Hey, this town's got an abundance of thrift stores. There's another town nearby. They've got some thrift stores. Maybe there's a Goodwill bins nearby. Like those are the things we're going to kind of look at uh, while we're, while we're scouting around. Cause the other thing too is 
what are the prices like? Like I can be like, oh, there's a bunch of thrift stores. We're going to move to this place. And then you get there and it's like, these, these thrift stores are crazy. Or you can go and then walk into some thrift stores and be like, all right, they seem to be like pretty good price. They got a lot of stuff. The inventory is nice. So it's more of just a scouting, um, maybe a little bit of sourcing if the, uh, if the, I mean, we're not going to pass up on something we're going to make hundreds of dollars on, you know, but we're not going to fill up a trailer. So we're kind of looking forward to that. And then we weren't planning on doing any retail arbitrage this year, really, maybe a little bit. Uh, But we're just noticing that like, like even the toys my son is saying that he wants for Christmas, like they're, they're getting harder and harder to find. And when you find them, they're like resellers selling them for crazy prices. So we're like, maybe we should be picking up some toys to flip. Mm. So, yeah, that's probably what's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. What about you? So I am picking up the van. I, you know, I, is the van got any more room than your vehicle? Oh yeah. Cause you've got a pretty good size, you got like a seven seater, don't you? Yeah. But I could get maybe six, like 24 by 18 by 24 boxes for FBA or like in a van, I could get like 10 to 15. Really? Is the seats come out on this one? They may not, but I'm going to see if when I show up, if they have a cargo van, so Mm -hmm. the cargo vans are gone. Amazon has them all out here. But here's my thing. I, the reason why the van is it saves me so much time because I had one year and I remember having to make two trips to the UPS store every time. And I know people are going to say, well, why don't you schedule pickup? Schedule pickup puts you at the mercy of the UPS driver. And I just I like doing things on my own time. And so the van saves me so much. I'll never forget. I was at this uh, hotel in, in L.A. and I had 30 FBA boxes. Like I started like crazy. And in my little hotel room, I'm like packing these huge boxes. And if I had to make two trips, oh my goodness. I just I no. Like I just wouldn't want to do that. So that's why I like the van and I can make that money back. Now, I am testing things over this next week. If for whatever reason I cannot like if I find that like the bolo is like a small, you know, there are all these bunch of small items, I might just cancel it. You know, because the reason last year was my major thing was it was a big item. And I, I like sourcing larger items because there's less competition. Because is it a minivan you got? I have, a, no, I have a Honda Pilot. No, no, I know you do. Oh, no, no, I have a 15 passenger van. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're out of cargo vans. Gotcha. When you when you said you rented a van, I, I don't know, I was thinking you got a minivan. Because I was thinking like, 50, okay, 15 passenger van, if you were able to take the seats out, you can definitely get a lot in there. But uh, I mean, the back, I mean, your car probably could fit a lot. It can, but trust me. Trailer. I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, all right. Hey, um, <laughs> so by the way, I feel terrible. I'm going all in on Amazon. Um, I don't plan on doing much sourcing at all for eBay. I have so much stuff right now, uh, which is kind of a blessing in the sky because I don't have to worry about sourcing to keep my eBay going. And so um, I actually, I'm trusting my my helper with more items now. Uh, I'm actually dropping off a lot of collectibles with her too, where she's only done clothing and shoes before. Uh, cause uh, you know, I'm hoping eventually I can just drop anything to her mm. and she'll take care of it. So that's been good. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, the begin it's the beginning where there's no sleep till December 26th. And so no sleep till Christmas. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe it's December 20, like three. Maybe, maybe that's the next song we do. It just seems to be a parody of uh <laughs> little beastie boys. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sleep till Christmas. Uh, that would be fun. But uh, hey, you know what? It's that time. I'm sure eBay is going to be popping off eventually. It did for Mike. So I'm sure some of you are seeing those sales. But hey, keep listening. Keep going. 
it's going to be an incredible Q4. That's what it looks like to me and Mike. I think Mike. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just keep hustling. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Late. Peace.